Welcome to My Beauty Life. This week I'm joined by Ruth Criddy, model turned blogger from A Model Recommends and Mum of Two. Thank you so much for joining me, Ruth. Thank you for having me. My first ever podcast guest. <laughs> we're very excited. I'm going to be really nice to you. You better be. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking through your life and career and all of your beauty moments that have been really significant to you. So let's get cracking. Okay. Um, so your career has seen you move from in front of the camera to behind the camera. I mean, to be sat in front of, a, well, behind a computer. Um, but the like, kind of running theme was beauty, fashion, media. Were these things that you were always interested in as a child? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I ended up doing law, but I think that was because I needed a traditional path to follow from school. Uh, but I was always obsessed with magazines and looking at the models in magazines and tinkering around with beauty stuff even though I don't think I really wore makeup I wasn't really allowed to wear makeup until I must have been sort of 15 or 16 when I started putting little bits of nail varnish on and stuff like that but I was obsessed with face creams and perfumes and um, and then I sort of did the whole A-levels thing went off to to do law and then got scouted to be a model when I was in my second year of law so it almost came full circle and um, yeah and then I left to, to be a model so I was like thrown into the whole world of fashion and beauty then. So were you scouted at uni on campus? Do you know every lunchtime I used to go off I shouldn't say this but I used to go off drinking with my friend and oh, as really? everybody does at, at university and we'd end up going around the shops and in Topshop they had this cardboard sort of stand and it was a models one search for a model stand and it was just like a post box cardboard thing and you stuck your Polaroid in the top of it and I put my Polaroid in because we were a little bit drunk and I had my measurements no not my measurements even had my name my address and I think my age on the back of it I didn't hear it I forgot all about it didn't hear anything for months and months and um then one day I got a call and they sort of hadn't really, I don't think they'd really been on top of emptying out the boxes, to be honest. And they were like, you've got to come to London straight away. And so, yeah, down I went thinking, I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> Amazing. These drunk, drunken mistakes have got you far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> right, should we go to your first beauty Okay, moment? let's go. Should we do them in, in sort of... Um, Chronological order? Yeah, shall we? Yeah, so let's start maybe... When your first kind of experience with makeup or what your mum was... Yeah, okay. Well, when I was about... I must have been about seven or eight, maybe. Um, I My mum wouldn't give me any beauty stuff because obviously I was too young. And so I went up and down my road, knocking on people's doors. I mean, the audacity of it, really. Telling people I was collecting their unwanted makeup and skincare for charity. <laughs> when, in fact, it was for me to play with. Um, actually, when you think about it, it's really gross because people just gave me half-used lipsticks. Yeah, that I mean, is you a bit wouldn't gross. do it now. But yeah, I got home and there was this little pot of Avon face cream, and it smelt a little bit what I thought was like bananas, and it was just this gorgeous buttery consistency. And I just remember thinking, wow, this is amazing. It's a whole new world of stuff for me to clart round with. So I think that was my first memory coming home with this. I think it was like a card, half a cardboard box and I'd cut it with scissors to make a little tray. And my mum saying, ooh, where have you got all of that from? It's for charity, mum. Off I went to my bedroom. And he's still using that same banana-scented moisturiser? Yeah, the actual same pot, yeah. I, I, I scrape off the mould and, um, you know, just give it a bit of a sniff, make sure it's all right. Nice. It's lasted for ages, yeah. 
30 years. Um, so you got scouted and then did you drop out of university to become a model? I prefer to say I uh, withdrew. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I left and do you know what? Now that I watch all these law programs and stuff, you know, when Ali McBeal started coming on, I was like, oh, kicking myself. But um, I was so bored doing law, and I'll tell you why. Because it'd be completely different if I was doing law now. We used to have to photocopy our, our cases, right? So now you would just get them on an email, wouldn't you? Which would take all of two seconds, and you'd press download. Then you had to... Um, go to the library and there would be one book that everybody shared and you'd have to photocopy sort of 40 pages from this book and then the person behind you in the queue would photocopy 40 pages and they'd be on your course it would be the same 40 pages and that it was just futile you're just queuing the whole day yeah i'd spend about i reckon a day a week in the library just photocopying stuff and i was so glad to get out of it I bet. And were your parents supportive of you making that decision? I think they were a bit surprised. Um, but actually, recently, my mum said I was doing a L'Oreal advert with my mum, and we had to ask each other all these really poignant questions. And one of them was when you, when you were most proud of each other. And my mum said, when you left university to be a model. And it was so weird, because that was... God, I mean, eight, 17 or 18 years ago now. And I honestly thought that was one of her worst moments really? when she would have been most disappointed. But she said she was most proud. So I was like, oh, holding back the tears. Oh, bless. Of, I mean, yeah. I guess if it hadn't turned out how it did, then it might have been a different story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shall we move to your second beauty moment? I think, have you got one with your mum? I have, yeah. Um, opium, perfume. Perfume, yes. That was what she used to wear. And weirdly... She came, we went up for Mother's Day um, recently and she came in and she doused herself in opium because my husband said, opium used to be my favourite perfume. I had a girlfriend that wore opium and it was just like the perfume of the day when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And so that's his sort of strongest beauty memory. And I was like, oh, all right, you know, when you get a bit jealous. Yeah. Anyway, my mum, for some insane reason, went and doused herself in it, which is worrying, <laughs> and, then, and then came back. And then my husband smelled her and went, oh, that's off. Don't like it anymore. No, he said, that's gone off. Oh, no. <laughs> He's always quite direct. Um, but anyway, the whole thing I thought was really amusing, so... Yeah, and I remember all the packaging and everything, and it would be on her dressing table. And it's really the only beauty product I remember her wearing. Wearing, yeah. yeah. Smell is so poignant, isn't it, when you, especially with your mother, when you're kissing somebody goodbye. It's so strong. I mean, yeah. I find it too strong, but it was the perfume of the day, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Do you have your, do your kids play with your makeup bag, and do they like certain things? They're too young, no, only because they just like faffing with yeah. anything. So they're two and one. Um, and, I mean, I have to be really careful because actually things can do a lot of damage however i have to say i mean they're always clarting with stuff and the only stains on my brand new carpet upstairs are one that was a shower gel that leaked through a bag that i'd left on the floor which was my fault and another one was a black eyeshadow that i got sent through the post and it shattered and when i opened the lid on it it just went poof all over and of course you can't get black out of anything oh so i was scrubbing away and it's just all gone black so I don't let them touch it, but to be honest, they'd probably be safer with the stuff than I am, so I should probably let them. <laughs> um, so then you were modelling for how long? Uh, started in the year 2000, I think, and I sort of had started to wind it down 
um, probably in 2010 when I started to model recommends. It crossed over by about two years, so I was still modeling then. But um, it gone, it gone quiet because really I, I was doing a lot in the UK. And there was one year when I went down the high street and I was thinking about like five or six different windows when you walk down the high street oh and in loads of magazines and stuff like that. And you sort of, modeling's very fickle and there are very few models that can continue to be featured and everything for a very, very long time. And so I had my few years that were really, really good. And then really what you're supposed to do is then move to a different market like New York or Paris or Milan. And I just didn't want to, I'd got married. Um, I wasn't interested in having to up roots and my husband wasn't really interested in that either, I don't think. Although I think he probably would have probably had quite a good time if we'd gone to New York or something like that. But I think that I never intended to model for that long and 10 years was a long time to do yeah. it for. So. And you enjoyed those 10 years? Yeah, it was great. But I was never sort of the kind of person that embraced it in that they wanted to go and live in Paris for a year or anything like that. I was quite a home bird. And I think you need to be able to be that kind of person that that accepts that you have to travel. Yeah. yeah. And then, so then how did the blogging start? The blogging started, I was starting my MA in creative writing and I needed a sort of an outlet to practice my writing so I was always thinking of doing something online, something self-published in some way. And then um, a friend of a friend was doing a fashion blog and I hadn't even heard of blogging. My husband came back from a job and he's a photographer and said, oh my God, this stylist that I know, she's, she's doing this thing called a blog. And you just sort of set it up online and write into it and then it publishes it for people to look at. And I thought, well, that sounds easy. Isn't that mad you hadn't heard of it? Well, not easy, but I thought that sounds, yeah, that sounds like a convenient way to to do it, basically. Um, And it was supposed to be anecdotes from my shoots. And then I thought, well, I don't know, what is it that I'm really interested in? And it was beauty Mm -hmm. and being in the makeup chair and chatting about the products that people were using. So that's how it came about. And then it just really quickly, I think because it was so niche, uh, and no one else had really done that point of view before. Yeah, so you, you were quite one of the original bloggers. I was in there quite early. Really. Yeah. yeah, although it didn't feel like it at the time because it felt like, oh, wow, you know, there was Jane, British beauty blogger, yeah. and there was Liberty London Girl, um, I think Fashion Foie Gras, and Caroline Hirons was doing it, and Get Lippy, and Cosmetic Candy, and loads of people that aren't doing it now that I think yeah. didn't, but you know, there was, a, there was an now. old school sort of beauty community which was completely different then. And I remember thinking, God, I'm such a newcomer, and they're all really established, and I felt very much like I was late to the party, but now they're obviously you know, millions of blogs and bloggers. So now when I look back, I think, yeah, I was, I was in their early doors, really. Were you doing it with the idea that it would become your full-time I was hoping career. it would. Yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, I had, I hate saying the word brand, but I had, I suppose that is what I had in mind when I thought of A Model Recommends. I had a plan behind it and I knew the direction that I wanted it to be in and that I wanted it to be very positive and the things that I discovered on shoots, but also leave myself enough scope for it to develop into something else. Um, So it was quite a wide, you know, a model recommends it could be anything. It didn't have to be beauty. I didn't sort of put it in a box. So yeah, I think I, 
I think I had an inkling after the first couple of months that it could go somewhere, go somewhere yeah. and I was very much um and I was quite careful to make sure that everything matched like the Twitter name and things like that so yeah I think I did I did know where it was going to go or hoped that it was going to go somewhere and was it the modeling was that where you found your love of beauty or had that been there before why did you want to make beauty your niche I love beauty beforehand um do you know I think when you're sat in the makeup chair with a makeup artist and you're a model it's your safe space it's a really hard thing to describe but I know that there's lots of Hollywood stars that say that kind of thing that they're very good friends with their hairdresser and a yeah. makeup artist it's almost like that room's a sanctuary it's very personal it's yeah like you tell them your hair really personal face. things and I've made amazing friends through uh you know through modeling like one of my best friends Dina I used to work with her a lot she's a makeup artist and um you sort of just get this you know we were friends otherwise as well but you develop this really close relationship with people that do your makeup and it's this private space and I suppose that's when I chatted the most on shoots and so that's what I became most interested in I loved knowing how they were prepping the skin and why they were doing that um I was never really interested in doing makeup I've always been more interested in skincare and I like doing my own makeup but I'm much more interested in the skin and just, you know, having that sort of natural glow. And I yeah. suppose I was always quizzing them to find out how they did that. Did you have, what were the top tips that you picked up when you were... Oh, there's a brilliant makeup artist called Alex Byrne. And she, I don't know whether she still does this, I haven't worked with her for years. She's lovely, but she used to work, uh, be an ambassador for Dr. Hauschka. And she would buff in really heavy duty face oils mm -hmm. about half an hour before she did makeup really? so she would really massage it in and if you were knackered because a lot of the time your call time would be sort of five six o'clock yeah. in the morning and you might have only just got your flight in or whatever and just having that massage you do it for ages and your face would just sort of come alive and you'd look in the mirror no makeup on yet and you'd look like a completely different person um so i think that's a good one i mean for most people they they would never do that on a normal day yeah. but I think it's a really good tip just prepping the skin and really massaging the skin to make sure it's as plump and rested looking as possible because you wake up and I don't think your muscles are awake yet no I think it's that act, yeah. action and massaging as well really and it completely changes completely changes your face like if you go for a good facial and they really you know work at your muscles it's like an instant facelift oh yeah top tip do you go yeah. for a lot of facials and do you know treatments? I don't I don't I would I love Amorovix's Ooh, yes. facials I think they're just the best I think that I've ever been for um and I would just I would have one of those every, every day every day yeah but um I don't have the time unfortunately so if they just that would be a luxury they'd like to just come to my house and send set <laughs> that would be amazing so if you're listening I'm Ravisca I can't yeah. even say it right I'm more of, you, sound, it's you sound like you're drunk right I'm yeah. Ravisca I'm more of it's Hungarian I'm more Vixa. I'm more of Vixa there we go yeah. you've got it right yeah um should we go to beauty moment number three? Oh yes we got distracted then didn't we uh beauty moment number three is going to be uh jubilee by the body shop oh old school a really old school when we were in secondary school everybody wore jubilee it was like no one was allowed to wear deodorant yeah mm -hmm. because your parents were like oh you're too young but everyone wanted to spritz themselves with something after games and so they did, it made you smell more of BO 
the new smelt before. It was unbelievable. There, must, have been, there must be a note in Jubilee that smells of BO because you'd spray it on and it was like a liquid in a pump action bottle and your armpits would be soaking wet afterwards and you would smell worse than when you started. But everyone still wore it. You imagine it to smell really sweet and fruity. Yeah, but there's this undercurrent in it. Of BO. Yeah. <laughs> it's got this really funny sort of pungent... Yeah, so we all went around with like big patches of wet under our shirts because we'd sprayed so much dewberry and um, and used to be able to get as well in the same flavour these little bath pearls. Do you remember those? Mm, no, like, it was bath, like, a, like a bath bomb. No, not like a bath bomb. Oh, they're bomb. like, are they like plastic they're capsules. Tiny. They're, yeah, like plastic yeah. capsules and, it, and you'd burst them and all the liquid would come out into the bath or all the liquid, it was like half a teaspoon and uh, they were tempe and then you'd be left with the skin. I think the skin used to dissolve as well. Did Rachel's nodding her head. And that smelled like BO too? No, that didn't smell like BO. I think it was just because probably everyone did have BO. Mm. And they were spraying jewellery. Yeah. I wonder whether they still shop. sell it. I don't know. You used to be able to make up your own gift baskets in the body shop as well, though. And you'd have like a little wicker basket and they'd fill it full of like paper shreds and then you'd choose the things that you wanted in there and you'd be like oh have I got enough for that oh add one more bath pearl you know bump it up to £2.50 and then check this out they would cling film over the top for you and stick a body shop sticker on the top oh my god days were so different <laughs> um, so obviously now lots of women turn to you for beauty advice yes have you ever had any beauty disasters I've had quite a few beauty disasters not really in the last most of them just tend to be from rushing, to be honest. Uh, the other day, I only shaved one leg and I went on a shoot. And the other leg, I can't believe I'm telling you this, the leg hairs were so long. I mean, it must have been a good six months growth. Nice. Warm. Um, that I thought, I looked down and I thought I had loads of thread veins on my leg. But it was, you know, just, like, just, just hairs. <laughs> the other one was completely smooth and looked amazing. And then the other one, it's like, I, it was like I was two different people. So that was a bit of a disaster. I won't do that coming again. through your tights? Wasn't. You, I, you know, unfortunately, you know wrong that's if I, Well, that's never happened to me. Do you know, I've got very, I'm very sparsely haired. Uh, so I actually only have to shave my legs about once a month. But that's a problem in itself because you get lulled into a false sense of security. Whereas other people, they might, you know, shave them on a regular basis and you're always semi-prepared. Yeah. Mine's like, oh, I'll shave them maybe, you know, twice a year before. If I, you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky at the moment. <laughs> um, so that was a bit of a shock. The other one, uh, back of a taxi, doing my makeup in the evening, so pretty much dark, and I put nude lipstick under my eyes and some concealer. <gasps> no, that's a good As one. As I blended it in, I was thinking this is a really weird, waxy You could have texture. been about to discover the next big secret in beauty. Yeah. If it worked. Yeah, if it had worked. It well, some makeup artists do put different kind of lipsticks on your cheeks and things to blur stuff out, don't they? It's a bit like colour correcting. Yeah. But didn't work like that. I wouldn't have thought they'd do it so much. Now we've got proper colour correctors. It's amazing the makeup that we have now, actually. Because when I think about when I was first modelling and the things they used to have to mix up yeah. in order to get, you know, what, what is really commonplace now, it's mad. Yeah, have you seen the... It changed a lot. Has your makeup bag changed a lot over the last... Yeah, totally. Um, when I was first modelling, I used to have strobe cream. That was a backstage secret. That was Max strobe, strobe cream. cream. Yeah. Um... Everybody used that. Everybody just used MAC everything, really. Um, what else did I have in there? I rarely used mascara, which was weird, because I look awful without mascara. 
So, um, but I think I just used to hate it on shoots. Having my mascara done on my lashes was just the most hazardous part of the process because they'd curl your eyelashes. If anyone has ever had their eyelashes curled by somebody else, it is just the most nerve-wracking experience. So that close to your eye? Yeah, and they always trap your eyelid, a bit of skin. It's how I imagine men must feel if someone else was doing up their zip. You know, you would feel nervous. Yeah, I feel nervous. If there's any men, if there are any men listening, that's how it feels having your eyelashes clamped by somebody else. Do you curl your eyelashes? I don't, because I'm scarred for life. (laughs) With all the trauma of other people doing it, I can't even do it myself. My hands start shaking. Yeah, it's really a scary thought. Um, Should we go to beauty moment? moment? Uh, Should we go to beauty moment number four? Beauty moment number four, which would, we're doing chronological, so yeah. um, this would be my number one because it's such a momentous occasion. Inventing, not inventing, launching. I mean, I came in after the invention part, but launching my Colab dry shampoo. Oh, of course. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about Colab anyway. So how did the whole process happen? So they invented, I don't know why I keep saying invented, <laughs> like it's a rocket. Um, the very, very clever team who I work with on Colab had a formula that was invisible for dry shampoo. And dry shampoo was one of the products when I was first modeling that nobody outside of the fashion industry really knew about. Um, Now it's such a staple. Now it's such a staple, but they used to use it backstage because you'd have to go with clean hair. Everyone would say, turn it, make sure you have nude bra and clean hair. And hairdressers never actually wanted it to be clean. They wanted the guts and the texture in it. So they always used to spray dry shampoo. <coughs> I've got sympathy coughing, remembering what the air used to be like. <laughs> and, um, <coughs> yeah, it was one of those products that they used to use all the time. Nobody else knew about. And I used to use it all the time, but I used to hate the white residue. It was fine on a shoot because it didn't really matter. People, you know, they, they would massage it in yeah. and you it would never really show up on a photo. Um... But for everyday use, I just couldn't get over the chalkiness. So when they came to me with this formula, I just thought this is amazing. And I just completely wanted to be involved from from day one. So they had the formula and then I was involved with the whole rest of the process. So So what is the rest of the process? um, Everything from the name, who it would be marketed at, how it was going to be marketed, um, what we wanted the brand to be, what we wanted to represent. you know, it was sort of like, well, look, here's your formula. How? Go what do you want it. to do? Yeah, go with it. What, what do you want to do with this? And it was so interesting. It's been such a massive learning curve because um, the team's made up of, you know, various people. Um, one person that's very experienced in the whole beauty industry. Someone else that's very, very talented with design and, and beauty. And so we were each coming from different angles and I've learned so much from them. Um, and then I suppose my angle is the whole, well, A, you know, Beauty Insider and the fact that I'd used it as a model and was it was such a staple product for me. But then obviously I'd been doing the whole social media thing and that's we really wanted it to be a social media brand. Which, is that why they approached you, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think, you know, I had a unique offering in that I was in there doing things with beauty online, but also I, w- I was a model. Um, I mean, I still, I still model. So, um, 
it was bringing different worlds together. It was bringing more than one aspect to the table, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's so good and so many exciting things happening all the time. Still, such exciting. Thing. Yeah, you, we were just talking before, weren't we, about your new your new collab favourite, the the volume boosting one. Do you know what? It's not new. Uh, yeah, the extreme volume. Yeah. But because I've had my hair shorter for the last sort of, I don't know, six to six to eight months, and it's loads blonder now, I wear it differently, and um, I've been using the extreme volume in my roots, and it's like a mixture of, how do I describe it, like a volume root boosting powder with a hairspray with dry shampoo. It's all mixed in together. Um, and so it just gives you the most insane lift at the roots. And I've been using it constantly. I mean, last week, was it the week four? I did a six-day no-wash run. Excellent, my kind of woman. Yeah, I mean, I don't normally go for that long, but... Um, That's the beauty of dry shampoo. No one has to shower anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? You have to wash your hair. I like to think that dry shampoo, I mean, it's brilliant in between washes for absorbing the grease, but it's actually an amazing styling product. So people think it's a shampoo alternative when actually it's brilliant for adding texture, texture to the lengths yeah. even because it's so mattifying. It's great if you want to style your hair, if you've only just washed it. Uh, it's good for so many different things. Or if you've got really fine, I've got quite fine limp hair. It's not so bad now it's bleached. Um, but at the roots, it tends to just hang. And so for spraying in the roots and keeping that going, it's brilliant for that. So it's I, I'd almost say it's more of a styling product than a... Cleaning product. A cleaning product, yeah. And are you still really heavily involved with CoLab? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm more involved as time goes by because the more I learn um, from everyone else on the team, I suppose, you know, all they learn from me and we're, we're all crossing over with our ideas, it just becomes more and more exciting because you know more. So you feel like you can input more. And, um, yeah, our meetings now are, are really exciting and... Lots of new things on the horizon. I'm excited to see what happens. Do you yeah. think you'll branch out from dry shampoo? Do you know, for me, it always had to be a product that uh, really resonated with me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd love to do something in skincare at some point, but there are a lot of people that are probably slightly better placed in a way, whereas I, I don't want to do something unless I can do it really, really, really well. So I'd have to think really carefully. But I think that also sort of collaborations are the way forward as well. So a number of people bringing their expertise in certain areas together. Um, so, you know, there are a few people that would be dream dream collaborations. Ooh, can you say who? Or? Oh, I mean, my old mate Caroline Hirons. She doesn't need my help <laughs> with her skincare. But, you know, she'd be amazing to collaborate with on anything to do with skincare. She's great. Um, That'd be a fun collaboration, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Yeah. Just two friends making beauty products. Yeah, Kylie Jenner. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> you can, she's a mum now, you can do it. A... She's been hassling me for ages. I bet, yeah. Your phone has not stopped ringing. No, she just texts me, it's like the middle of the night because of the time <laughs> difference. She's like, Ruth, do you know, please just come and just put your name to my lip stuff because uh, um just needs a boost and... Kylie, yeah, if you're listening, stop it. calling. Just stop calling me. It's not the right product. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there, there are lots of people. I just think it's so much more fun doing stuff with other people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why it's called Colab, yeah? Yeah, because it was a massive collaboration yeah. between between lots of us. But um, 
even just doing stuff like this, yeah. sitting with you is so much more interesting than if I was doing a podcast just by On myself yeah. yeah, and just chatting to a microphone. So I don't know. I think I think that maybe is the way forward for me. Lots more things with other people. So never say never. No. Um, so obviously your career is all based around social media now. Are you conscious of what you're sharing and of oversharing? Yeah, I am. It's a really difficult one because it is my job. Yeah. I try not to do too much on the kids because you know they don't have a choice. They can't opt in or out. But I think I'm quite careful. I don't very often show them sort of speaking or or things like that. You know, I I feel nervous of oversharing with them, and I don't think it's something that's going to continue for that much longer. To be honest, it's they're what, really sharing cute. With kids? Yeah, I mean they're just so cute, and it's not even <laughs> because I want people. It's not even a. a a strategic thing you know that they're up there just it's just they're there they're part of your want, life yeah you want to show off your kids don't you because they're cute and you love them and you know so it's really hard not to share things and I have got you know obviously I've got my mum and baby blog the uphill um, and I write about them on there but I don't do videos of them or anything like that so it's more about stuff from my perspective really um, but it is yeah I'm I don't really have much of a filter, so I... Except for where Mr. Emilda Recommends comes in. Oh. He, that his, so does he just not want to be featured? Because I know people are yeah. desperate to see what he's No, like. he's just not interested at all. And he's a celebrity portrait photo- photographer. So I, I don't know. I don't know whether it would be that professional for him to, you know, be like, all right, in the back of my videos. And then he's going off and, you know, photographing incredibly important famous people I don't know whether that's a good mix I yeah. suppose but you, you guys do work together sometimes yeah. on projects yeah so um, it's just really handy that I've got a professional photographer at home to be honest he doesn't do that much he's starting to but until probably six months ago I could pro- I could count on two hands the amount of pictures oh really taken. yeah I do all my still life and product shots myself I've always done that I'm a complete control freak so uh, sometimes I'll say, oh, can you just do a picture of this? And then he rolls his eyes anyway, which puts me in a bad mood. Uh, and then it's never exactly the way I want it. So we get really cross with each other. <laughs> we're, never, we're not good at working together. But do, you met working Yeah, together, we did. Right? He shot my first ever job. Yeah. How funny. Yeah. And then, and then we got together about a year and a half after that. And we worked together loads and honestly almost used to kill each other. Because I can't take direction from him. And he turns into like this, I don't know, just, I can't even describe what, <laughs> I can't even describe it. He's just, it's not even bossy. It's like he's saying stuff for the sake of it because he knows it's going to get my back up. So we're terrible. It's like we wind each other up. And by the end of it, we just, you know, we're on like divorce territory. You look quite angry thinking, thinking about it. <laughs> your, your eyes are narrowing. <laughs> He'll say, move your right leg. And I'll be like, it'll look rubbish. Just move your right <laughs> leg. Who's the photographer here? And I'll be like, well, I'm not doing it. And then I'll cross my arms and sit there and huff. So for the so, sake yeah. of a happy family, it's probably best. <laughs> Do you know what? Separate. We are getting better at it. I think it's because we've got so little time now that there's no, there's no, no luxury choice, of yeah. time to argue. So we just get it done. And I'm getting better at listening. To him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, it's good. And it's really handy that... I say it's really ungrateful, isn't it? Because, I mean, 
I couldn't even you couldn't hire him yeah, to yeah. do this. So it's like it's amazing that He's I live there. with someone that can can do really great pictures. But he gets really cross because he says he has less time with me then I think he got once 30 seconds to shoot Lewis Hamilton. So he was waiting all day and set up and then Lewis Hamilton came in. It was something ridiculous. It might have been eight minutes, but um, sometimes I give him like a minute and a half. And yeah. I'm like, right, I, I, I've got to go out and we've got to do this before I go. And he's like, you're worse than the top celebrities. Yeah, I get less time <laughs> to get this right. So half the time he's just, you know, rolling his eyes. Yeah, but it's good. I think we're... We're starting to make a good team oh. <laughs> after 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> you've just moved house and you've got your two kids. Yeah. And you're working more than ever. Yes. How do you juggle everything? Do you know what? I don't. I just have to just fit things in um, when I can. And it was a bit of a learning curve realising... Because when babies are babies, you have a lot more time. And you can, they go to sleep, you know, two or three times a day and then you can get your work done. And then they get to a toddler and they don't really sleep. I mean, they have a nap in the middle of the day. Um, and then you have two and there is just no time at all. So you, you're still trying to work at the same pace, but you quickly realise that you can't. And you also quickly realise that they're only going to be that age for a really short amount of time. And I don't want to miss any of yeah, it. Yeah, of course. So um, I'd like to say that I've cut back on work to spend time with them but I haven't I spend time with them and then I just fit the work around fit it the work around it so it just means that life is just completely crazy but would but you want I it would, any other way? and I wouldn't want it any other way because I don't want to miss time with them but I also feel that you know there's only me doing what I do and it's not like I can yeah. pass it over to, to somebody else for a couple of years and then come back you know it is me um, so I wouldn't want to lose any of that either or the momentum because at the moment I still feel like it's really new and there are so many things that I want to it's do and so many time, things yeah. I want to change when it's actually been seven years and I think to have that feeling about something and to really be passionate about something that much it's so rare there, yeah. yeah and I don't if I didn't love it so much I wouldn't I wouldn't do it to be honest as much as I do um, and good for the kids to see you working all the time. That's a good role model for them. Do you know they don't lives. really see me working really? on Wednesdays and Thursdays? Actually, they do. So they do on a Monday. Um, Rach, who's one of my oldest friends and, and helps me out as well with work, um, we muddle on through. So it's supposed to be our day together. This was the idea in the beginning where we sit and have a laugh, do my office and sort of skive off upstairs and, and do stuff and just basically <laughs> chat. Because that's what I really Rachel miss. Rachel sat there nodding. So Rachel sat there <laughs> nodding. That's what I really miss about, you know, it's a really solitary job. Yeah, of And course. so um, it's always been really lonely. And then since I moved to Somerset, Rach has always lived in Somerset as well. Um, We've been able to work together, which has been amazing. So I had it in my head, we'd be like, go for long lunches, and then we'd sit there giggling and like testing <laughs> makeup. But actually, as it happens at the moment, it's so busy that Rachel ends up looking after Angelica and Ted. And, Whilst um, you're working. Yeah, and then they go to bed, and, and we sort of muddle through and do a bit of everything. So on Mondays, they do see me working, and Angelica says, working, mummy? Working? And then on Wednesdays and Thursdays, they have nanny and... Um, I think she's told them mummy's working yeah. today so so they do know but the rest of the time I try not to let them see me working so it's their time because I don't want them to be looking at me all the time and I'm just stressed stressed or 
They're just sort of staring at a screen. Or I try yeah. not to even look at my phone. When you're with them? I try not to, yeah. But it's hard. It's addictive, isn't it? Oh, my, my God. Tell me about it. I'm trying mm. to get off Instagram, but it's not working. <laughs> um, so what projects have you got coming up? Really exciting thing this year because I'm launching an app, but I can't say anything more about it. Oh. Um, beauty app, beauty themed? I'm not, even, I'm not even going there. Can't, like, tight lit. Zip. Uh, it's going to be really, really good. It's not beauty, actually, not really, no. Um, but it's something that's been in the pipeline for about a year. And Collaboration or...? No, it's on my own, actually, funny enough. Uh, it's a lot of work, so I'm sort of nervous about it and excited. I'm nervous because I'm just thinking, what the hell am I doing adding something else into the mix? How exciting. I'm very intrigued now. I'll yeah. back next year. And- yeah, definitely. No, I think it'll be really good, but there's just this worry that it might not be a good idea or will it be a really good idea and it's like oh you know when you're doing stuff on your own it's but that's like anything you would have thought that when you started a mod recommends look where that's come yeah i suppose so yeah that's good good positive thinking positive thinking yeah. <laughs> um and let's go to your final beauty moment uh final beauty moment would be there's a shampoo cook um called mustella and it's baby shampoo they do loads of baby stuff it's a really lovely french brand sort of French pharmacy brand and it smells of orange blossom and it's just really gorgeous it reminds me of the the kids the kids that's what you yeah, use on their yeah hair. and um actually Josh Wood have just bought out a hair care oh, the, at, the at home hair care yeah, yeah yeah and it's lovely and it's almost the same scent in that how funny yeah because I was using it the other day and I was like oh this is really reminding me of the children and I realised it's a similar similar scent oh so yeah well, on that note, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your beauty moments. Thank you for it's been having me. Lovely chatting with you, and good luck with the app. I'm Thanks. So excited to hear what is going. That, I'm so excited to hear about how it goes. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you.